Hello and welcome to the Media and Marketing Podcast sponsored by MWW. My name is John Reynolds, the host of the podcast. Coming up, we've just got one interview this week. Time's cut up with us, but we've got a great interview. We've got an interview with the UK Chief Exec of Medicom, Josh Krzyzewski. Uh, Medicom being the biggest media agency in the country. Uh, there's loads in there. He has a pop at Unilever's um, marketing director, Keith Weed, for his recent uh, comments at the IAB conference. Lots about Google and Facebook, if he's happy about the future direction they're taking. He also reveals for the first time that he was subject to sexual harassment in his early 20s. Um, I hope you don't feel we're being prurient on this podcast, because we do keep asking about sexual harassment. But with the Me Too movement, it is obviously a live issue. Uh, he also talks about his relationship with his overall boss, Martin Sorrell. Bit of an update on how the sky pitch is going, uh, a bit on Brexit and a bit on his own future. Uh, so that's coming up next. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the main interview on the Media and Marketing Podcast. And I am joined by Josh Kotreski, who is the UK CEO of the country's biggest media agency, Medicom. Medicom's clients include DFS, British Gas and Sky, and its billions top over $1.3 billion a year. Medicom is described to me by one person as the Manchester United of uh, media agencies. So thanks a million for joining me, uh, Josh. Can you just give me a, a potted history of your career today? And also, do you like the analogy of Medicom being the Man- Manchester United of media agencies. Good morning. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, uh, so I, uh, a question about Manchester United. Sometimes I feel like we're Millwall, to be <laughs> honest, um, as popular as. But um, yeah, we're, we're strong, and, and people people are always constantly trying to beat us. So so I would say that um, I'll take that as a compliment. Um, I have been in the media industry for about 20 years, yeah. uh, always agency side, started as a TV buyer, then became a planner, then went to a creative agency, uh, St. Luke's, um, I then set up my own digital agency, um, and then went back into mainstream uh, media agencies, PLM, which became Havas, and then I joined Mediacom seven years ago as a European COO, and then I came into the UK as UK COO, and then became CEO three years ago. Okay, right, brilliant. Okay, we've got loads and loads to get through. Uh, let's kick off with um, the speech recently, which has got a lot of attention, which is uh, Unilever's top marketeer, Keith Weed, who was speaking in the US at the IAB conference. Uh, now, lots of the coverage I read focused on uh, Unilever, which spends about £1 billion a year on advertising on Google and Facebook, was threatening to pull its ad spend unless um, Facebook and Google got its houses in order in terms of handling inappropriate content on its platform, be it terrorist content, child expo- uh, exploitation, and fake news. Now, having read extracts from the speech, my view perhaps is that uh, Weed, in fact, was quite conciliatory about the digital giants, and he talked about I'm not interested in giving ultimatums and stamping my feet, and he talked about recent meetings with... Uh, Google and Facebook, and in fact his more combative language would use to describe the whole digital supply chain, which he likened uh, to a swamp. Now part of this swamp is the way digital media is bought, which can be a a very confusing ecosystem for clients. So um, my comment, my question to you, Josh, is shouldn't Mediacom and media agencies be ruined uh, by Weed's comments? And is there not an inference there that Unilever could actually bring its digital buying in-house and actually bypass media agencies? Um, so there's lots of questions in there. I think um, the first thing I'd say is um, greater scrutiny into the supply chain um, media owner side is a, is a good thing. Yeah. Um, I think that it can be quite a murky world. Um, it's quite difficult to, or you don't really want to be um, saying 
making kind of big grand uh, comments about the whole digital supply chain because everybody's different. Yeah. Um, same with agency world. I mean, we've had a lot of scrutiny on agencies over the past few years around transparency as well. Um, and I think it's a good thing because it's, uh, you know, it creates a new sustainable future for everybody. So I think Keith Weed is right to raise it. It's quite funny. The headlines weren't about that at all. They were much yeah. more about um, Facebook and Google. Um, so, and do I worry that agencies are going to be um, disintermediated? I mean, I think that media agencies serve a very particular purpose for clients, which is that we give a media neutral point of view on things and we mm. look at the whole communication system, not just one uh, media owner. Um, so when people say that agencies compete with Google or Facebook, what they fail to see is that we're looking at all of the different uh, channels, not just Facebook and Google. Um, that said, there are certain areas uh, in digital where clients could take over the buying if they wanted to, mm. uh, using different programmatic platforms. Um, we're sometimes asked to help clients take stuff in-house, which we happily do. Mm. Um, we've also found ourselves in situations where clients have wanted to take it in-house, they've tried to do it, and then they've decided they want to give it back to the agency because it's it's you know it's more labour-intensive than they realise. So... You know, we're, we're in a new world, there's a lot of change happening, um, and we are there to sort of facilitate uh, best practice for our clients. And are you, you're 100% uh, transparent with clients about where all the costs are in this digital e ecosystem? Yeah, we work, in a, we work in a fully transparent way. And, we, and, and actually, we um, increasingly, when we do new business contracts, they're, they're all very, you know, transparency is at the heart of the whole relationship. So that's how that's the, the, how agencies work now okay and uh, as you said uh, the headlines were about um, mainly about what Keith we said about the possible potential for pulling spend from uh, YouTube and Facebook I mean what I mean it, that was obviously a threat wasn't it do, do you think that could actually happen or how impressed have you been by the moves that particularly Google and YouTube has uh, has taken to, to moderate its content then I think YouTube had a very difficult year last year and have, um, you know, they've worked very hard at trying to improve brand safety mm -hmm. on the channel. So I've been quite impressed with the way that they've responded, but is it completely fail safe? No. So um, it's a difficult thing, this, because um, because of so much, I think they're doing the right things in terms of. Um, only monetizing content that gets a certain amount of views, which, mm -hmm. which immediately, you know, they're, they're putting technology and they're putting more manpower in to, to, to improve uh, the situation. But as I said, it's not 100% fail safe. So, and okay. I think advertisers have to be aware of that before they spend money on YouTube and have to have to consider that when they're deciding how they're going to, you know, whether they're going to invest or not. But you're, you continue to advise clients to. Adva um, advertise on those channels and on YouTube. If it does something for, if, if we think it's an important enough channel for the particular communication uh, objectives that that client has, then we will advise. But we, I don't think it's an agency's responsibility to decide whether you um, uh, pull out all spend uh, on a, on, with a media owner. I think that has to be the advertiser's decision. So we will always advise. Um, the best channels for a different communication objective, um, mm. but we would also warn um, of the uh, 
uh, you know, the things that the advertiser needs to be aware of for brand safety. Okay, one reading of this, which I read by the journalist uh, Dominic Mills, was saying that potentially if, if significant chunks of advertising spend were pulled from Facebook and YouTube, that Amazon, which is obviously a kind of protected environment, could be one beneficiary. Do you think that's a possibility? Yeah, or? I do. I don't think, I mean, I think uh, Amazon seems to, you know, search in Amazon is just going to grow. Um, and I think that is a potential threat for Google. Um, you know, they seem to be interested in every single mm. uh, type of business uh, industry category. So, so yes, I think that would be a, that would be a fair assumption. Okay, and very quickly, I ask this question every week: whether Facebook should be uh, seen as a, a media or, or a tech company? What's your take on it? Then should it be, you know, liable for the, the content on the platform? Yes, I think uh, Facebook is a media company. Right. Okay. Um, now let's uh, switch uh, tact. Uh, let's talk about uh, Brexit, which is obviously another uh, massive issue at the moment. So first of all, uh, have you lost any staff because of uh, Brexit so far? In terms of um, they've not been happy about the whole mood music around Brexit and they don't actually feel welcome in the UK. No, I don't think we've lost staff for that reason. Um, you know, I think we've 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 made sure it's quite difficult Brexit because no one really knows the full mm. implications of it yet. So um, we're very careful in our communications to our staff, um, but we're, we're very supportive of, of people who work at Mediacom UK from the EU. Mm. You know, we want to retain our staff um, and. Uh, we want to retain our talent, or we always want to be attracting people from the EU into into the agency because, um, you know, if, if they're talent, we, we're happy. For, we want them to come from all, all different walks of life. And have you got a lot of people in this agency? Well, skilled people from the from the EU. I mean, if if there were uh, tough curbs on immigration, and if you lost a lot of key a lot of staff, that would be a big blow to the agency, would it? Or could those people be re recruited in the UK? Yes, it would be a big blow. Uh, we wouldn't want to lose any of those people. When we do, have, we you know we do have a lot of people in the EU, particularly in digital. Actually, okay, um, very you know strong technical people, um, and you know we want to keep all our people. We want to keep all our talent. Okay, and in terms of clients, you've not lost any any business because of Brexit. Does it, does it come up in in pitches at all? No, not at all. I mean, it's a it's a point of conversation, but it, no business decisions have been made because of Brexit. Um, at this stage. And you don't think that, I mean, we had some creative people on the other week who talked about uh, Berlin and Amsterdam actually visibly uh, trying to tap up staff because of uncertainty around Brexit. Is, is that the same in the well, media agencies too or not? Or I think, think Amsterdam's been a, a, a central hub for creativity for quite a long time now, way before the Brexit vote, okay. and it's attracted creative talent for, for a very long time. Is that, is that a challenge for us in media? I wouldn't say so at the moment, no. Okay. Um, now, sexual harassment is obviously uh, another big topic. Um, have you ever experienced it first or second hand, firstly? Uh, <laughs> no one's ever asked me that before. Uh, yes, I have actually. Okay. Yeah, in, in my younger years, um, it, it was more of a mild irritation then. So. Right. Okay. So this was, uh, you, you, were, you were being harassed then, were you? Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. How, how, can I just, how old were you then, was that? Uh, 24. Right. So, and what happened then? You complained about it or did you keep quiet about it? Or? I kept quiet about it. Right, okay. And do you feel in hindsight, obviously this has all come out now, do you think you should have, or were you too young to to, to talk about it at the time? Or? I think I was too young. I, I probably didn't see it in that way at the time, but when I look back on it now, I think that's probably what it was. Um, and this was from an older yeah. female member of staff, was it? Was it your boss or something? Or? Not my boss, but yeah, it was a female member right. of staff. 
Okay. Oh well, that yeah. Okay. I wasn't actually um, expecting um, that answer. I mean, do I wasn't you th- expecting that question. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, you know, publicists and Havas have introduced uh, training schemes for staff about how to cope with sexual harassment because all these um, uh, cases have, have come up in the media. Uh, have you done anything similar at Mediacom or, or WPP? WPP have uh, training um, around sexual harassment. Um, I mean, we are, we're very vocal uh, to our people that it's absolutely unacceptable uh, in our mm. industry or in, in any industry. Um, and um, people should never feel vulnerable in the workplace. Um, mm. And so sexual harassment is one of those things, as are other things as well, bullying. Um, sure. You know, and it's very important to us that people don't, don't, don't uh, feel uncomfortable in the workplace. So, you know, we're... We're very focused on it, you know, among many other things like mental health. Um, as an agency, we're very focused on that at the moment. We've done a lot of training for our people. We've got sure. 40 mental health allies uh, in the agency. Okay. We're focused on kind of looking out for their, 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 their peers and, and, and people's well-being. Okay, and just going back to the, the sexual harassment of Yusuf, I don't know how comfortable you are talking about it, but, I mean, was that, was that to the extent that you didn't want to come to come to work and can you talk about how it manifested itself at all or I don't really want to go into too much detail okay no that's fine okay um okay I mean let's talk about um switching tact again uh before Christmas there was um a lot of high profile departures in media agencies in the UK senior people uh, or departures or leaving roles. You had Tracy DeGruce, Amanda Morrissey, uh, Amanda Morrissey, Paul Frampton. I think these were for a, a variety of reasons. Maybe one of them was was uh, people saying the unrelenting pressure of being a, a UK boss of a, a media agency. Are you are you feeling the pressure? Uh, it, it is a quite it is a high pressure job, um, and uh, you do feel the pressure in this role. Um, I think we've had a lot of. Uh, negative press in the past few years um, within the trade um, and I think you feel that pressure at the same time that you're running big business you have to yeah. deliver growth um, there's uh, increased scrutiny on on the business model uh, and you know you're trying to you know as a CEO you're ultimately serving your people so you're trying to create an environment where people love working and so you want to be motivating and inspiring people at the same time time as winning business and not losing business and it's it's a very busy job and it's and it is quite high pressured so i think you know i think people it doesn't surprise me that people would leave a job for that reason um, i think as you said all of those different examples people left for different reasons it just so mm. happened to happen at the same similar time um but yeah, I think we all feel the pressure sometimes. And you said you've had negative press. What you're talking about? What the whole um, the role of media agencies around? You know, questions about transparency and things like that. I think that... there was like there was there was there was there were there were pieces last year. Not really. It's not really around transparency, okay. honestly. But I probably would include that. Um, I'm talking more about you know there there were headlines like um, media agencies lack leadership. Things like that, which I think when you're running an agency and yeah. you're, you know, you read stuff like that, it's quite a thankless thing to read when you're, yeah. when you're under a hell of a lot of pressure. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, as you see more and more negative, it might be about different stories, but, but it just creates negative noise uh, and it's just not very pleasant. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I can understand what, if some people felt enough's enough. The fact is, I love my job, so I'm, I'm quite lucky. I, 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 
really enjoy coming into work every day. So, you know, sometimes at the end of the day, I want to cry. It's so hard. But I always wake up the next morning and really want to go into the office. So, so I'm quite lucky like that. Well, just give an indication to the listeners about what sort of hours you do then. What time do you get in usually into the office? Well, I get in quite early because I'm just an early riser. Um, so I'm generally in at about eight o'clock, sometimes a bit earlier than that. Okay. Um, I don't work particularly long hours. Um, you know, I try and leave um, so that I can be reading my kids' bedtime stories. Yeah. Um, but in this job, you're sort of thinking about it 24-7. So even if you're not working, it's still in your mind. Okay. Okay, so let's just, um, slight change of tact, um, let's just talk about the big holding groups more broadly. Obviously, you're part of WPP, you've got Havas, Publicis, Omnicom, Dentsu, Aegis, IPG. Uh, broadly speaking, they're suffering from a, a slowdown in growth challenges uh, due to clients reducing spend and sluggish economic growth. Um, do you think, more broadly, these groups need to reassess uh, future growth? Um, I mean, I think in the past few years, there has been at times a relentless cycle. I know you're going through a big pitch at the moment, which I'm not going to ask you about, but is this relentless cycle of, of, of new business pitches uh, not the way for future growth? And it's more about organic growth from doing further work with existing clients. And That's a really good question. I mean, I think <clears throat> new business does bring growth. So, um, we, you know, we had great success last year in new business and the year before, um, and that has definitely impacted our numbers very positively over the past few years. It's been a really good period for Mediacom. And uh, so we are very careful to negotiate terms with clients that are sustainable and that, that deliver profitability, uh, or there's no point doing it. Mm. And I think clients are, be are becoming much better at having those conversations as well. Um, uh, and so, so new business is a good thing, but we, we are, I'm very focused with my leadership team on creating a sustainable future for Mediacom. Um, and that means better monetizing the services that we have within our business already. So, mm. you know, we have lots of services that are generally out of scope in, in contracts, but we're not always very good at selling them, um, which is quite surprising because media agencies are generally quite entrepreneurial businesses. Mm. Um, so <clears throat> we set up a, a consultancy uh, in the agency last year, which was designed specifically to have um, to answer some of the bigger, hairier questions that clients have that are outside of campaign, mm. um, because we've got so many clever people within the building who can right. help answer some of those questions, but they don't necessarily get engaged in those conversations. And that's been really, that's been great for us, because already in the first 12 months, we've done six or seven projects for clients, uh, which we get well paid for, um, and uh, we really help clients with some of those bigger questions. Um, so we're tapping into some of our brain power better than we have done in the past. And I think talking about the sustainability of our business moving forward and driving growth moving forward, I think more of our revenue growth is going to have to come from that. And are you, are you turning down a lot of pitches at the moment or not? Or? <laughs> That's a great question. We find it really difficult to say no to pitches. Um, we need to be better at it. Um, right. I mean, we're, at the moment, we're, we, we've, we're pitching to retain. So we're, we're repitching a couple of our where we're incumbent. Um, mm -hmm. on some quite big pieces of business and we've got a couple of uh, new business opportunities that um, but they're quite big um, when um, I think so I think I think at the moment when you know it's not too much yeah it's not too much but I definitely think we need to be smarter about the stuff that we say no to and you know try and identify better where we just think the client's not going to want to work with an agency like us because of our scale or, or because of our you know sure 
you know, some clients like certain things and don't mm. like others. And I think we always want to go for everything because we feel like we deserve to and we, we should be able to win anything. Okay, so it sounds like you might be turning down more in the future then, maybe. Yeah, potentially. Okay, so you, you, you talked about some of the stuff there. Obviously, uh, Mediacom, a number of high-profile uh, women, in, women in senior positions, Karen Blackett, Claudine Collins, and Sue Erneman. Um So what's it like with all these high-profile women around? Do they keep you in touch with your feminine side? <laughs> yeah, they do, actually. Um, I've learned a lot from um, the women that I work with uh, at Mediacom. Um, I've definitely genuinely learned a lot about um, myself um, and about how to communicate with people and about the importance of empathy and these are things that I hadn't really thought about before I worked with um, you know a strong team of women um, in the leadership so you know I really value the relationships that I've got with those people they're all very different people they're all very different women and they all bring a very different um, thing mm. to Mediacom, but they're, they're all very valuable, and, and I love the relationships I've got with them. There's no downside to it, then? No, no not at all. Okay, and, and Martin Sorrell's obviously your overall boss. I think he's, um, he's 72 now, but uh, I guess shows no signs of, of retiring. Uh, I mean, sort of, uh, Mediacom's got a bit of a reputation that if you get a senior job there, uh, a lot of people tend to stay there for a, a, a lifers. I mean, is that, is that do you see yourself as, as a Mediacom lifer, or do you, do you have ambitions to go as far as to be the chief executive of WPP. Oh, right. Um, well, we, we, we are, this Mediacom is a place to grow. So if you, want, if you are interested in personal development, mm-hmm. Mediacom is a place to be, and that's why we keep people, because if, you, if you're motivated by that, you'll do well at Mediacom, um, and we'll invest in you. So that's why we've kept people for a long time. Um, uh, I love it. I really enjoy my job uh, at Mediacom. I, uh, I really love the culture here. So, um, you know, I'm just enjoying what I'm doing right now, really. Um, uh, Martin uh, Sorrell is mm. an incredible asset for WPP. Mm. Um, so, so the longer he stays in his his job, the better for all of us. I would say. Um, I'm ambitious. I don't know where that will take me, um, but I, you know, I want to always be growing and and taking on bigger bigger challenges. But I'm very happy in what I'm doing right now. And how often do you see him then, Martin Sorrell? Is he is he visible around the agency? I mean, he's obviously got a lot of um, a lot of agencies, hasn't he? Yeah, he's not. He, I mean, he, we don't. I don't see him that much, but he's incredibly helpful when I when I need him to be. So if, if I need help with something, mm. he responds very quickly, and it's also it's always very helpful. Have you seen him this year, for instance? Uh, no, but we I'll be seeing him on Thursday when he'll be doing a dinner for UK CEOs. Right. Okay. And um, I mean, could you you, you could. Could you conceive of yourself moving to, uh, uh, you've worked at other agencies before, a, a different group, or are you sort of wedded to the uh, WPP family now? I, I, re- I really like where I am right now. Um, I'm very well looked after um, <clears throat> in terms of, you know, running an agency, running the agency that I do, that is a mm. successful agency, I'm given real freedom um, to, to run it in a way that I want. Um, as long as we deliver the growth that we need to deliver. And I love that. It's amazing to have that opportunity. And, you know, we are, we're very unique at Mediacom mm. because although we're a part of a global network, we're a very UK business. And we, you know, the, the huge majority of our clients are UK only clients. So that gives us great freedom to service those clients how we best, how we feel like we best should. Um, you know, we're not being uh, dictated to by, by our global leaders too much. So, um, you know, I love that about where I am, and uh, you know, long may it last. Okay, uh, 
down the home straight now. One question I neglected to ask you about uh, Facebook and Google is obviously they're competing uh, against you for talent too, uh, which was quite, I mean, obviously they're quite sexy industries to work in and I presume they pay quite well for graduates. So how do you compete against the likes of those to, to attract the talent? It's a real challenge. <clears throat> it's a real challenge. It's, um, as you say, they have deeper pockets and um, they are um, very attractive to young people. Um, so we always have to offer something that is genuine, genuinely um, attractive to, to young people, and that's partly our culture and what you can, how you can develop as, a, as an individual here. Partly, it's about giving people flexibility in how they work. Um, we're quite careful to give people a very clear purpose and make mm. people feel empowered here. Um, so. If somebody has a how, if somebody has a point of view on how they think MediaCom can be better, we're very open to hearing it, and, and we really encourage people to try and push um, push us um, to be better. So it is a difficult thing, but at the same time, working in a media agency is incredibly fulfilling, and you learn it's very broad. Mm. You know, we have so many different specialist skill sets within within this agency um, that you can't necessarily do when you go and work for a for a tech-based media company mm. um, so you know we, we are still able to compete but our pockets aren't as deep okay right I just got a few quick fire questions to I did a bit of a contacted some of your peers and people who work in Mediacom too beforehand someone said that um, I don't know if um, this chimes with you the thing about Josh is he never he never opens doors for people you know really I can't believe it. He's, I opened, he's looking blank face. He opens doors for everybody. He opens doors. And um, his nickname within the industry is Lucky Josh <laughs> because of boots being gifted to him after Elizabeth Fagan refused to work with Maxus and Paris uh, gave him Peugeot Citroën. Do you know who you're called Lucky Josh? In the I year? didn't know that. Um, That's not a bad nickname. No, I don't mind that. Um, so boots, uh, we were fortunate uh, because we didn't have to take part in a pitch to win that business, which is, that's the first time that's ever happened in my career. So to call me Lucky Josh for that, um, I don't know about that. But, um, you know, that was, that was, I, I was lucky to have that happen uh, in all honesty. Um, and, but, but once you win a piece of business, you have to onboard it, which is always mm. challenging. And I think we've done a good job of that. But yeah, I appreciate there was, there was some luck in that. PSA wasn't a gift. We pitched very hard for that. And the UK okay. were front and center for that. So I wouldn't say that was lucky. That's, that's just new business. We've, we've done very well in new business. I got that wrong. Okay. And lastly, what else is on the agenda for this year then? Um, well, we've just uh, yesterday done a, uh, had, a, had a very big pit, retention pitch, um, and uh, we've got quite a lot of new business going on this year, actually, um, so we're going to have to refocus on that. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm focused on, I've kind of got some strategic priorities for us mm. as an agency. Partly it's about just making sure that we're always doing great stuff for our people. Partly it's about making sure we're distinctive in the work that we do. Um, we're very. I talked about the consultancy. We're very focused on making our business model more sustainable. So there's a lot of kind of internal focus on that. Uh, and you know, but ultimately, we, we are we are paid to grow our clients' business, and that's what keeps us clients, and that's what stops us from getting fired by clients. So, you know, the the, the big thing for me is always making sure that we're doing a brilliant job for our clients, and they want to stay with us, and they feel inspired when they come to MediaCom, and they always learn something when they spend time with our people. That's the, the sky pitch. I'm not sure I meant to ask about this, but are you confident of, of winning that, of retaining that then? Or? Sky, sky relationships are a really important relationship for us. We've worked with them for 13 years. We hope we'll, we will have another 13 years with them. Um, it's you know, really important from, from me, from a personal perspective. 
So, you know, fingers crossed. Right, okay, thank you very much, Josh, that's great. Thank you. Thank you.